Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who is not silent, that you have spoken to us through your holy word and through the word made flesh, which we celebrate today, who, he, who we celebrate uh, today. And we pray that you would give us ears to hear what you might want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Hope you've had a good Christmas morning so far. Our family might be a little tired because uh, we had kids up at 3.30 and then at 5, eager with anticipation about what this day would hold for them. And uh, maybe that's just a small reflection of the, the joy and the eagerness that we should have when we reflect on God's greatest gift coming to us in Jesus Christ. Well, a couple of years ago, several years ago now, um, a man came into my office and said, I just want to see God. Why doesn't God show himself to me? This was a man who was slowly coming to the Christian faith. His marriage was on the rocks. He was battling addiction and he came out of desperation. I just want to see God. Well, in his prologue to the Gospel, John tells us that God has shown Himself. God has revealed Himself in Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. If you want to see God... Look to Jesus. That is where God has revealed Himself. Now, of course, John was a witness to the appearance of Jesus. Saw the Word in the flesh. Now we see Jesus according to the witness that John has given to us. And we can develop a relationship with Jesus through prayer. And uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. But one day we shall see Him as He is. And our faith will become sight. But for now, God has given us enough revelation of Himself in Jesus Christ to know Him, to love Him, to trust Him. The Word became flesh. That term uh, that John is using there, Word, the Greek word, as many of you probably know, is logos. The logos became flesh. And that term is a philosophical term in Greek history. It means something like the, the principle that gives order to the entire universe. That is what the Greek philosophers meant by the word logos. What gives order? What gives meaning to the universe? And that still is a question that we ask ourselves today. Science can tell us the material of the universe. But science can't tell us the meaning of the universe. Science can't tell us what morality is, or what morality should be, how we should live. For that, we need to look to God. And what John is saying is, if you want to know the way to live, if you want to know the meaning of the universe, God has revealed that in the Logos made flesh. Not in a philosophical treatise, but in this person, Jesus Christ. He's the meaning of the universe. 
He's the key to life. He tells us how to live. He tells us that the goal of life is to know God and to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love others as ourselves. John spent three years with Jesus Christ. And what he writes here in this chapter, the first chapter of his Gospel, he's writing based on his experience of knowing this man, Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, when he encountered Jesus, as he now looks back on his time with Christ, he says, in Him we saw life. Jesus was life. Life like He had never experienced before. In Jesus, He saw light. The light which enlightens everyone. The light that was coming into the world. Without God, without the revelation of God in Christ, we are in darkness. But in Jesus, there is light. There is life. He saw in Jesus glory. We have seen His glory. The glory as of the only Son of the Father. He saw in Jesus God's grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth, John says. And so John is saying to his readers, he's saying to us, he's saying if you want to know these things, if you want to know God, look to Jesus Christ and you'll find God there. But there's a problem in this passage, isn't there? He's talking about light, but there's this dark note, there's this dark tone in the middle of the passage. Because some people rejected the light. Verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. Some people saw the light, but didn't embrace the light. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. See, the problem is this. So often as human beings, we want to make God in our image. We don't want to receive God as He's revealed Himself. We want to create our own God. We want to create our own ultimate reality. And so we confuse the God of our imagination, the God of our thinking, with the true God. We confuse our creation of who God is with the Creator. And so we have to be humble and receive where God has revealed Himself. The theologian uh, Miroslav Volf tells about a lonely woman in a book by, uh, I believe it was the French writer Flaubert. And in this book, uh, this woman had a parrot named Lulu that she loved very much. She was a lonely woman. And when Lulu died, she had the parrot stuffed. And then, as she looked at this stuffed parrot, she began to think, this kind of looks like a dove. And a dove represents the Holy Spirit. So in her mind, she started mingling the dove with the Holy Spirit. Eventually, she started kneeling down in front of the prayer to say her prayers. She had confused this created thing, the thing that she had come up with in her mind, with the Creator. Now, I don't think any of us here are probably tempted to that sort of naive idolatry. But, the, but, but, but we are perpetual idol factories. 
Because so often we believe in our ideas about God rather than the reality of who God is that's been revealed in Jesus Christ. That's the challenge. We always have to go back to the revelation of who Jesus is. So some people believe that God is distant, that God is the man upstairs. He's far from us. He really doesn't want to be involved in our life, and we really don't want him to be involved in our life. He can stay upstairs. (laughs) But the God of the Bible is the God who comes to us in the flesh in time and space, who gets involved in our life, who calls us to know Him. He wants to be known. Or we might think of God in terms of the saying, God helps those who help themselves. According to one pollster, that is one of the most widely known verses in the Bible. The problem is, it's not in the Bible. (laughs) Poll after poll, people cite that as one of their favorite verses of the Bible. The God of their imagination. God helps those who help themselves. That's not the biblical message of salvation, at least. The biblical message of salvation is we can't help ourselves. We can't save ourselves. God has to save us. And we look to Him to rescue us by His power. Or maybe we think of God as a God who is sort of like a doting old grandfather who just lets us get away with whatever. Gives us... Whatever we want. We want candy? Yes, more and more candy. Just like a doting grandfather. He doesn't care necessarily about holiness or obedience. But that's not the God of the Bible either. That's not the God who Jesus has revealed. Jesus says there's a way for us to live. There's a way that God designed us to live in relationship with Him, in obedience to Him. And that is what it really means to live a human life in relationship and obedience to God. Well, we have to go back to how God has revealed Himself in Jesus. Our ideas about God must be tethered to Jesus Christ. And God has lovingly revealed Himself to us in His Word. And it's as if God is saying to us, to the world, listen to me. When we use words, we're communicating ourselves to people. Uh, when, I, when, when one of my children were younger, just kind of learning to talk, you know how frustrating it is for two and three-year-olds to try to communicate. And um, I could tell lots of stories here about my kids on this, but they, they're getting on to me about telling too many stories about it. In fact, they want me to pay them every time I tell a story. <laughs> it's like their life is copyrighted or something. You don't have any rights, no, to that. So I'm going to start saying anonymous stories about my children so I don't have to pay them. But one of my children shall remain anonymous. When she was learning to talk, that does narrow down. She, okay, that's it, would take her, uh, my, her hands and, and put my face in her hands and say, look at me. Listen to me. And then she would tell me what she wanted to say. And I think sometimes God, we can think of God like that. In Jesus Christ, He is saying, He's taking us. He's reaching out to us. He's saying, listen to me. I'm trying to communicate to my creation that I love. God so loved the world that He gave. 
His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The world, that includes every single person, youngest to oldest in this room. God is communicating with us in Jesus Christ. That's the great mystery of Christmas, that God did this through the babe of Bethlehem. Let's dedicate ourselves to knowing the Word made flesh. Let me close with a quote from St. Augustine. It just speaks to the humility and love shown in the eternal Son of God becoming flesh for us. Listen to these words, these ancient words. The maker of man became man, that he, the ruler of stars, might be nourished at the breast, that he, the bread, might be hungry, that he, the fountain, might thirst, that he, the light, might sleep, that he, the way, might be wearied, that he, the truth, might be accused by false witnesses, that he, the judge, might be brought to trial by a mortal judge, that he, justice, might be condemned by the unjust, that he, the fountain and the foundation, might be suspended upon a cross, that he, the life, might die. Why? Why did he endure these things, these indignities, for our sake? To free us unworthy creatures. He who existed as a son of God before all ages without beginning became man. He did this so that we might know God. Amen. Let's pray. The word became flesh. What a great mystery. What a great truth. God, we bow before that today. I pray for each person here today that they would hear your word speaking to them. The midst of this busy season. We just need to pause. We need to be silent before this truth. That in Jesus Christ, you're speaking to us about the meaning of life. You're speaking to us about an unconditional, eternal love. You're calling us to true life and true happiness. And we get so distracted and we turn. But, O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, soften us. Help us to hear your word and to heed it and to live our life in gratitude for what you did for us in giving your only begotten Son. Help us to claim the salvation that you purchased for us through his death and resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.